It's the Ultra Keeper Fantasy Football League, the podcast. With the commission, Nick Fondo, and four-time UFFL champion, Corey Duga. Duga tried to kill the podcast. I'm bringing it back to life for, it might just be this week. It might just be one week. But it was a big week because I beat Duga. And so if Duga wants to kill the pod, it's fine. But I'm bringing it back for at least one week to talk about uh, the fact that I beat him because I beat him. I, I want everybody to know that I beat him. And so we got to put that in the atmosphere and let everybody know that I won. And I got a guest, which is the reason why Duga killed the pod in the first place, because we couldn't get any guests. So we finally got a guest. It is uh, Casey Parker, who a lot of people in the league know, a lot of people don't know. Ryan Dice's brother, and someone who uh, I talk to frequently, someone who plays a lot of fantasy football, and the first official guest and possibly permanent replacement for Duga on the podcast. So, possibly welcome so. to the UFFL podcast. Guys. I appreciate it. I'm glad to be here. So, let us let me break down exactly what happened on Sunday. I got a text message from Duga after the noon games. No, I'm sorry, after the, the, the 3 o'clock game. So, it was about, I'd say it was about 7-10. So right before the Sunday night game, I got a text from Duga. I said, "How? Let me, I'm gonna read exactly what it said because it was it, at this point the fact that I beat him. The text is classic. Will go down in history as one of the greatest texts I've ever received. The text from Duga says, "Be honest. How mad are you that I'm going to beat you this week, especially after all the trades?" Um, and I was down by. Uh, about 35 points. I needed a combined 35 from Edwards Hilaire and Tyreek Hill. And uh, I ended up getting uh, just enough points. I beat him by less than a point. So I sent you the text you right away. And I started texting you throughout all the games. So the move is questionable. To send that text before the game is over, before it's officially over. Like, is that something that would you ever do that? I mean, it's just, it seems like a... It seems like a suicide mission. Definitely. I mean, you had Hill and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire Correct. going, right? Right. Two I mean, Chiefs. Yeah, two Chiefs. Um, with those two players, if it's within 50 points, I would never send right. anything like that. <laughs> I mean, if I'm down like 100, you know, 100, right. if I'm up 100 points and I have those two, like, you know. Maybe. You know, better luck next week. But with those two players in that offense, there's no way. That's premature on uh, Dugas part. Now, sure. to be fair, it's not a PPR league, so it's a standard league. It's one of the only non-PPR leagues in the world right now. We, we're not going to PPR. And uh, and we'll, I'll break down the game a little bit. One, one main thing that happened during the game that made me really question whether or not not having a PPR is the right move because I know everybody's – all leagues are PPR. If, you're in a, if you start a new league – or you join a league, it's PPR. Ours started before PPR was even a thing because in the early days of fantasy football, PPR was not anything. Nobody did PPR. So our league is more standard, more of what fantasy football was in the early days. It's a 14-year-old league. So a lot of the rules have changed over the years. We used to be 20 yards a point. Now we get decimal points and blah, 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 and all that. But anyway, so one of the main things that happened in the game, I had Keenan Allen, and he had Mike Williams for the Chargers. Uh, Keenan Allen scored 18.5 points in this league. And Mike Williams scored 13.2 points in this league. So it was a difference of 5.3 points. But listen to the stat lines. Keenan Allen had 16 catches for 145 yards and one touchdown. Mike Williams had four catches, 72 yards and a touchdown. 
So when you compare those two games, you have one guy who gets 16 for 145 and a touchdown. And then you have another guy who gets four for 72 and a touchdown. And there's only a five-point difference. Something's wrong with the scoring system there. And I don't know how to fix it aside from making it a PPR. But when you see those two stat lines, you think, man, Keenan Allen had a way better game than Mike Williams does, but it's only five more points. Right. I'm actually still in one standard scoring league from somebody's back in uh, Mississippi in high school. It's a 14-man standard scoring league. It was always standard scoring. We started it whenever I first started playing fantasy football back in 2006, 2007. That was the first The first year of this league was 2007. So I've been playing fantasy football since 98. 98 was my first year playing. But 2007 was the first year of this league. And they uh, refused to change it. They are anti-PPR. And it's nice to be in a league like that because it's just a little different. Um, but I definitely am with you that – Looking at those numbers between Allen and Williams, um, you would say Allen had way better of a game and should have significantly more amount of points than Williams did, but that's just not the case here in the standard scoring league. It's crazy. It looks like maybe Allen had a fumble. Yeah, that's what I was going to say that. It's fair. He doesn't have a fumble. So without the fumble, it's seven more points. But even still, it feels like he should have had at least ten more points. Absolutely. Like, it's crazy. So I don't know what to do about it. I'm not – we're never going to go PPR. It's never going to happen. But something's got to be done to make sure that if something like that happens, and I'm sure it's happened all throughout the season where a guy has a game like that and the scoring is not much better. But Keenan Allen's game of 16 catches, 145 yards and a touchdown, has to be drastically different than a Mike Williams-type game, even if he has a fumble. Like, we got to figure something out. It's got to be maybe a bonus points for, you know, if you get if you have 10, 10 catches, maybe you get a bonus point. Or if you have... A certain amount of yards, maybe get a bonus. Yeah. Something has to be done to make that gap wider. And I'm not just saying that because I have Keenan Allen and he had Mike Williams. I told him that during the game when it was happening. We even I talked about it with Duga, and he agreed that something needed to be done to make that that gap needs to be bigger. If somebody has you know 16, 145, four, and 72, they can't be only five or seven points of difference. So I don't know about that. That was just one thing that happened in the game, but uh, the game was close. Um, Duga was talking shit all week because we traded. Right before the game, we traded. Uh, he traded me Tyreek Hill and James Robinson. He traded me okay. both of those guys okay. and for draft picks. We do draft picks because you can trade next year. Right. Um, and we're going to get to that because there's some shit with you in this league where you had a chance to be in the league, you declined it. We'll get into that later as to why you declined yeah. or what your reasons were. But anyway, in this game, I traded him. Uh, who did I trade him? Who did I trade him for those guys? Oh, it was just draft picks. I traded him my third and fourth round draft pick for Hill and uh, and Robinson. And not only that, but Hill was already my player. I loaned him to Duga for a six-round pick. He gave me a six-round pick and a third-round pick. And then he had to trade him back to me next year for my fourth-round pick. So it was a, a deal that happened. But now that's off the table. He got he got a round higher. So And I got James Robinson, who might be one of my keepers next year. I mean, he's right. looking pretty good. And so he was like, man, you know, Lamar Jackson's going to go off and Calvin Ridley's going to go off. He's playing a horrible Saints, uh, you know, defense, secondary. Right, right. Dude, I was a big Saints fan, but he was talking, you know, our secondary does kind of suck this year, but he was expecting that to happen. None of that happened. And so we're looking at the game. I'm sitting there and I'm like, all right, 35 points is a lot of points, mm-hmm. especially with no PPR, right. but it's not out of the question. And when he sent me that text, I'm like, I got a chance. So... If you're in my shoes, you got 30, need 35 points from those two guys. What's your thought process going into that game? Are you thinking, man, it's a big task? Or are you thinking, I got this? 
No, I'm hoping for a high-scoring game, especially um, you're looking at Chiefs, uh, Chiefs offense, you know. I'm thinking Tyreek Hill could go for a 70-yard bomb first drive of the game, right. which, I mean, I think he had a huge catch on the first drive and then ended up scoring That's right. on that first drive. That's so right. right there, you're probably – once that happens – the game basically started over. You're like, okay, I need 20 points. Correct. Now, or whatever that right. was between Hill and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. So after that first drive, I mean, you're looking at this could go either way. Yeah. You know, this isn't a long shot at all. Right. This is just a, a an average game from Hill and an average game from Hilaire, and I beat this. That's dude. right. And I that's was, what happened. I was So my thought process going in was on the first drive, I have to have a touchdown from one of them, and mm-hmm. I got it. Yeah. I got the Hill touchdown. So now I'm thinking, okay, if I can leave the second half with two touchdowns, I got a chance, and it happened. Clyde scored. Yep. So now on the first two drives, I got two touchdowns from my two guys. And I'm thinking, now I'm thinking, all right, now I got it yeah. after that. Going into the game, I'm thinking, man, it's a tall task. I'm probably not going to get it. But And then I start thinking, all right, if I can get a touchdown on the first drive and I can get into halftime with two touchdowns, I got a chance. And both of those things happen. So now I'm like, all right, I got it. Going into the second half, I'm like, I got it. And I'm texting you. Yeah, and yeah. We're going back and forth. And, and Dugas not saying – I'm not saying anything to Dugas. Like, I don't yeah. want to – Dugas probably pretty yeah, quiet. I don't want to, like, flame the yeah. fire or anything <laughs> like that. I, I, I just I'm, – I'm chilling. So, Dugas starts texting me. He's like, man, it's looking, it's looking good. So, then I ask him. I'm like, man, very questionable for you to text me at that moment. And like, that's, that was just a weird moment to send that text. Before the game even started – after the game, it's like, and he's like, oh, just trying to get in your head, which is bullshit. He's full of shit. He really thought he had won the game. Oh, yeah, and he, he's out of the playoffs. He's he's tanking. He has a good team, but it's, I don't know. It just, And it felt really good. And I didn't win to the last drive. I was down by three points going into the last drive, yep. and I got a little run from, from Edwards Hilaire. So it was pretty cool. And uh, at that point, that's when you said, we got to do the podcast. And I was like, you know what? That's a good idea because Dugas wants to kill the podcast. He doesn't feel like uh, we don't get guests and nobody's listening. And I told him, I said, dude, nobody's going to listen to this. But it doesn't matter. Like, it's not about getting listeners. It's just about doing something that you like and, right. and, and, and getting the feel. So I really I really miss kind of the creative process. And you have been wanting to be a guest and all that stuff. So I take so pride in being one of the first listeners. I listen to every show. Yeah, you were, uh, you were one of our first listeners. You listened to all the shows. And now... Now you're a guest. So stat corrections right. and all that stuff. You know, I, I felt like I won, but still, you never know. Those things happen overnight, but it all lasted. It all worked out, and I woke up this morning, and I had to win. So let's talk about your involvement with this particular league. Now, we're okay. in we're in a fantasy football league, the Buffalo Wild Wings League, and it's fine. I don't really have fun in the league. Like, there's no – I don't feel like there's any camaraderie within the league. The draft is great, but the yeah. draft is great in any league. I mean, you can start a brand-new league. It can be an online league with strangers that you've never even conversate with. Conversate is not a word. Converse with. But the draft is going to be fun. Right. So the draft for the Buffalo Wild Wings League is fun every year. And this year was different with COVID. We did it virtually, but it was still a lot of fun. Right. But then after that, the league's kind of boring. So what's your thought on fantasy football? How much fun do you have on fantasy football? The draft is fun. We get that. The draft's always fun. I'm talking about fantasy football itself. How much fun do you have playing fantasy football? I really enjoy it. Um, and the, talking about the Buffalo Wild Wings League, the only the league definitely dies off after the draft. That's the only fun part about it. Right. Um, even though we've got close friends in it, it's just you know nobody really talks. The one exciting thing that I could say about it is is that it's a bigger or my biggest money league. Um, Ten teams, two hundred dollars uh, a piece, and I do enjoy it because my name is on the trophy twice. And I'm currently the number one overall seed in it going into this year. So yep. I'm looking to be yep. the first one with my name on it three times. But other than that, that league, 
it's it's disappointing to me because it's got the potential to be what a league like the UFFL is right. and like the league that my 14 man standard Yahoo league is <clears throat> and that's my smallest money league but I enjoy that's my favorite league right because we're we're in a group text there's talk throughout the week and that's that's the fun part about it is that whenever the season's actually going and the draft is over is being able to talk about it and how it's looking, blah, blah, blah. Um, roster baiting, if you will. Yeah, roster baiting. <laughs> and then taking a significant injury in a 14-man standard league to the people who had, like, McCaffrey mm. and Saquon and just dogging them. Roasting them yeah, for it, yeah. just dogging them, like, you, you know. Yeah, the Buffalo Wild Wings League is weird because it's a keeper league, and I, I think I've been in it for five years. I had the best team last year going to the playoffs, and I shit the bed. And uh, I've, I've Historically, in this league, my team has been trash. And I got... I got a bad group of keepers my first year. I kind of dug out of it with Dalvin Cook, and then I had a couple of good Dalvin Cook years. And you can only keep a guy for a max of two years. So I had Drew Brees for a couple of years, and I hate keeping a quarterback. So I tried to build it, and my team usually sucks. And I, I pay I don't pay a whole lot of attention to it because it's it, I have six leagues. So when you have that many leagues, a couple of them usually get left out. And then once I get to like a one in three, one in four, two in four situation. I start really thinking, all right, I got no chance in this league. So I start putting all my energy into the leagues that I got a chance in, and that right. one kind of gets left out. I mean, it's not an excuse. I should be, I should at least be competing. I felt like last year I had a good chance, and I just shit in the bed. A couple years ago, this is actually before uh, your brother got in the league. Yep. You were you were offered that spot first. I offered you the spot first when it when it opened. I just knew you were going to take it, so I had stopped talking to anybody about it. And I was like, hey, look, I got a spot in my league. It's yours, and I just knew you were going to be like, fuck yeah, I'm in. It's not what happened. You ended up turning it down. This was, I think this is Dice's third year in it. So it's about three years ago. That was largely Dustin Menard's fault. Yeah, yeah. So, well, Dustin was in the league. He's out now. But, and I've I've heard the story, but I kind of want you to talk about what was the reason why you didn't join uh, the UFFL? So, whenever you offered it to me, um, Dustin Menard was getting out of the league. I guess he just was too busy or, you know, just not having a good time with it or just not winning. and I was I was interested because I knew other people in the league and it seemed like a fun league. And then I look at Dustin's team and what all he I want to say, and this was probably yeah, so what three years ago, and he had just completely dumped off any good player or every good player that he had right. for for nobodies. And I looked at the roster and I com- started comparing it to the other rosters in the league, and I was disgusted with Dustin. <laughs> I was honestly disgusted with Dustin. Because I wanted that. I wanted that spot. But at the same time, it looked like minus a miracle and a great draft and just having some outstanding performances by rookies, you know, on the team, there was no shot in hell. It would just take a significant buildup from the team. And then I think at the time I was already in four, if not maybe five leagues. So I didn't want to add another one that would cause me the stress that Dustin's roster would have left me. It I mean, this this thing compared to the other teams in the league was it was sad to see. It's not hard to get disgusted by Dustin. I no. mean, Dustin does disgusting things very <clears> often <throat> with more things. So he he leaves the league. Dice comes in. Dice is a shit show. I mean, Dice is horrible <laughs> fantasy owner. His team is horrible. However, he's number three this year. He's in the playoff hunt. I mean, his team is bad, but he continues to win. And right now, he's the three seed. I'm the four seed. In the playoffs, so it looks like he's gonna make the playoffs. So that'll have been your team, and, and you know, I know because I've played in fantasy leagues with you and played in fantasy leagues with him. You are better at fantasy football; you pay more attention. 
Just think if Dice was able to build a playoff contender, what you would have been able to build in just three years, I, I think you, you'd have been there. I think right. you'd, have, you'd have got it done because your drafts would have been better. And uh, Ryan's just off. I mean, Ryan, Ryan's draft this year was all over the place. I mean, he was drafting rookies that should have never been drafted. He and Mesh were drinking at Buffalo Wild Wings and just they were having a good time, which is fine. You can right. have fun. Right. But there's no way his team should be 7-3 and three right now, and they right. are. So, fantasy uh, football is weird sometimes. It's crazy. And I'm happy for the guy. He's loving it. One over. of the best quotes about fantasy football that I've ever received was from Aaron Santini, who's in this league. Okay. He's, uh, he's one of the founding members of the league. There's three of us from year one that are still in, me, Corey Duga, and Aaron. Uh, and the one of the best fantasy football quotes ever, he told me. He said, the beginning of the fantasy football year is great because everybody thinks they know what's going to happen and nobody knows what the fuck is going to happen. And it's true. That's it. Every year at the beginning of the year, you get these magazines and you read all these articles and you do all your research and you're like, I think this player is going to do this and this and this. And all of a sudden you get a guy like a James Robinson or a Chase Claypool come out of nowhere. And now they're like starting every week or a Josh Allen who got picked. He's my backup in one of my leagues. And now he's like a top five fantasy quarter. You always get something like that in a fantasy season that nobody saw coming. So it's true. Like you can read, you can research and blah, blah, blah and do all this stuff, but it's always going to come down to a late round pick that you made that ends up blowing up yep. or uh, something off a free agent wire yep. that ends up blowing up. That's what fantasy football is. Those are the teams that win. Historically, if you look at the teams that you that you won a championship with yeah. and the teams that sucked, you can always point it up to, oh, I picked up that guy yeah. or, you know, I was the first one on the waiver wire for that guy or I drafted this guy in a late round and he ended no up doubt. blowing up. No That's championship what. team that I've ever had was at the end of the year I looked at myself and told myself, man, those mock drafts really paid off. Right. <laughs> Ever. You know? And I've yeah. got these people in this the 14-man standard league that, oh, man, I'm knocking out mock after mock after mock. Yeah. And I've, I haven't done a mock since 2018. I mean, I have an idea of what the order is going to go in, yeah. um, according, like just off of the big boards and stuff. But ultimately, none of that matters. It's not going to go the, exactly the same way that it's going to go on the mock. You don't know what pick you're going to have in most cases. And then, like you said, I mean, anything could happen. All right, so here's the million-dollar question. What's up? We get a point of entry for this league. Let's say something happens. Because I got a couple of guys, and Dice is one of them. I don't know if he's going to return or not. Will you say yes or no? And if you say yes, what make you change? Is the podcast that made you change? Or is it what made you change? I would say that the podcast had something to do with it. Um, Also, we've talked about, I know you had plans of maybe doing a draft in Dallas. And then maybe one in Vegas. Yeah, if we could get. So I would like to do. I would like to do next year in Dallas. Right. Uh, just because I've been talking about going to Dallas and Corey's from Dallas and um, and I like Dallas. I've been to Dallas. Yeah. Not necessarily even Dallas. Dallas proper. I'm just talking about the DFW in general. Right. Fort Worth, Arlington, uh, TCU's campus, SMU's campus. Like we could go to some a lot of cool places that won't, we won't even be like in Dallas. We'll just be around Dallas. Yep. And maybe we can do some things in Dallas. It's fine. But Dallas is such a... The metro is so huge. And there's so many cool and fun places to go. And, and do guys got the inside track on that place. He could kind of show us around. And, and we could we could have a really good time for the 15th year. And then if we make it to year 20, which is questionable. I don't know if we're going to make it to year 20. At this point, the league is just fucking... It's a mess. But if we make it to year 20, I'd like to do that in Vegas. So that's five years for people to plan, see if they want to go to Vegas. COVID would hopefully be long gone nobody's even mentioning anything about COVID in five years hopefully and then you know we can start planning maybe a Vegas trip I know Eric Narcisse would go I know that Chris Gallo would go I would go if you were in the league you would go Dice would probably go if he's still in the league Derek 
Probably uh, not. Yeah. Duga says no way, but I could probably convince him to go. So, we, I mean, we can get a good five or six, seven people in the league. Yeah. Mike Mike might go. If we could get more than half. Yeah. I would say that would be a fun success. I agree. Trip. And we could do it. We could, uh, you know, rent out one of the rooms. I've seen fancy fantasy drafts in Vegas at, like, the Venetian uh, or uh, or the uh, or Paris and those places they have those sports books, and then they have the restaurants on the side. You right. rent out a room, and you can watch all the games. It would be cool. I don't know if it's going to happen or, or not, but I would like to get you in the league because you are one of my closest friends, and most of my close friends are in the league already. Right. You're the <clears> only <throat> one that's not. So when I'm talking about fantasy, I'm always like, oh, yeah, my league, my league, my league. I would like it to just be like our league, you know what I mean? Because that's how it is when I talk to to uh, Duga or something. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, it's our league. And so we can get into it like that. But anyway... I'm glad that you came on. I'm glad we brought the podcast, even if it's just for one more week. And if Dugan wants to start it up again, maybe we start it up again. If not, maybe we do this again next week. Maybe we just be the... Maybe I the, am the new Dugan. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe the podcast takes off from here. Maybe podcast. Maybe Dugan was the reason the podcast wasn't it. That's perhaps. That's perhaps true. That's perhaps true. Maybe, I'm not saying that for sure, but it's possible. We'll get our audio better for next week. We kind of threw it together this week, but... Um, I'll do a quick rundown of the standings. We're not going to do a whole lot because we're already at okay. uh, 20-something minutes. Okay. But I'll do a quick rundown of the standings. Uh, Chris is 7-4 and four at number one with 1,220 points. Eric, 7-4 and four at number one with 1,779. Dice is number three at 7-4 nice. and four with 1,110. And I'm 7-4 and four at 1,082. So the top four teams, top four teams make the playoffs. Everybody's 7-4. and four. And then we have one 6-5 team is Mike. And then three 5-6 teams, Derek... Aaron and Chuck, all five and six. So all of those teams are still in the, are still in the hunt. Nobody's locked in. Right. Like the even the seven and four teams, they can falter, they can fumble. Yeah. Um, so a lot of trading this year, way more trading than any year because everything's so easy. You know, if, right. if you're sitting there at ten and two, you're not going to make a lot of trades. Right. But if everybody's so even, everybody's trying to make moves. It's going to be a good stretch run, and a lot of the big players in the league are in the hunt. Do got four and seven. Mm. You know, I don't know about I don't know if four and seven has enough firepower. Plus, he traded away all of his good players, so I don't think he's going to make it. He's probably tanking on purpose. Zane at two and nine. Zane's been dead since yeah. uh, I think week five. We we called him dead, and then he's been dead. He's two and nine. He has no chance to do anything. So it's going to be a good stretch run for the league. Sounds like it. It would be fun to bring the podcast back, even if we don't do like a UFFL podcast. What if we just did like a fantasy football podcast? Yeah. We can talk about your leagues. We can talk about this league, all the leagues, and kind of kind of do it like that. Yeah. That'd be fun. Cool that. All right, cool. We'll make it happen. You've been listening to UFFL, the podcast. Now available on Apple and Spotify. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at UFFL Podcast.